The LA Kings have hit the halfway mark of the 2022-23 NHL season. So what do we think about the Kings' first half of the season? We'll ask longtime Kings TV analyst Jim Fox that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your cover this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co host of the Puck Podcast a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and of course a passionate L.A. Kings fan for the past 30 years. We are thrilled to once again be joined by former L.A. Kings winger and longtime TV analyst Jim Fox. You can catch him on the call for tonight's game against the Boston Bruins, along with Alex Faust on Valley's Sports West. Hey, Jim, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, We had you on back in October before the start of the season, so great to get you back on now that we're at the halfway mark of the season. And I guess maybe the best place to start is what are your general thoughts on what we've seen from the Kings through 41 games? Well, I'm certainly happy with where they are at this point as far as points and wins and losses and things of that sort. I think, to be honest, they have gotten here in a different way than most people would have expected uh, early on in the season. Uh, just trying to figure some things out, settle things in, establish certainly with a new personnel uh, Fiala jumps on board. Last year it was Deneau and Arvidsson. This year maybe a, a little bit of a jump forward for Kaliev and Velarde. So now there's more skill throughout the lineup, and they had to figure that out. It looks like right now they figure that out, but certainly some wide-open, high-scoring games early. A little bit of an anomaly as far as we expected. They figured it out. And the last two weeks to three weeks, it appears like there's a lot of consistency back in the game for the Kings. We talked back in October about Kevin Fiala, the big offseason acquisition. Obviously, there were a lot of high expectations. And I asked you about what you thought he was going to do this year. And you flat out said he should be the team's leading scorer. Well, he currently leads the team with 39 points. Maybe the goal scoring is a little bit down from the expectations, but the assists are there. The points are there. Your thoughts on the season so far uh, for Kevin Fiala? Yeah, you know, I thought and I think the word I've been using recently is Productive. Uh, There's no question I thought he would be the Kings' most productive player, and he has been that. Not only from a point standpoint, just how much he attacks with a puck, how much he creates himself, how much he creates for his teammates or line mates. Uh, And that's at or maybe even a little bit above where I think a lot of people expect him to be. But around a point a game is where you would hope he would be. I mean, that's his skill level. He is an elite-level skater. He protects the puck very well, low center of gravity. Uh, the use of his edges, we've talked about that. It's just the ability to hold on to pucks. Now, the only, there, there's a little risk to every offensive player's game. And I think with Fiala, there's a little bit of a risk, which I think I think he will learn to limit as he goes along with his group. I think that's always been there with him. And to be honest, Eddie, I think if he needs to get to the next level of being a winner as opposed to just being a point producer – then I think, you know, and, and Mike Madonna went through it. 
Steve Eiserman went through it. You learn that you have to take a little bit of risk out of your game, hopefully maintain still a high level of production, but at the same time, you know, make sure you're taking care of the puck, time and score of a game, understanding where on the ice you are, those types of things. So you need to have risk and creativity to get the point production he has. I do see him evolving and maturing into a, a safer, less risky player. And to me, it's not when he has the puck, it's when he passes the puck. Sometimes I feel he passes into areas or at times through areas that can be risky. Overall, outstanding so far. I asked you back in October about maybe some of the Kings' younger players that could step up and be contributors this year. We talked about Quinton Byfield. We talked about Arthur Kaliev. We didn't really mention Gabe Velarde. Uh, got off to a great start and is leading the Kings with 16 goals. Uh, if you could just talk about Gabe Velarde's first half of the season. Well, I think we all knew he had it. We knew he had the skill level. Uh, in the past, Gabe, it's been a mental battle with making sure he's not too hard on himself when things don't go as he would like them to go. And he did get down on himself in the past. I think he, you know, he went home this summer. He's told everyone. He just went back, spent time with friends and family, and really enjoyed himself, came back into camp with a new attitude, I'll call it, or at least a persona. Uh, it seems like he's much more happy and, and content with himself as a person. And I think that's showing through on the ice. Confidence level, I think he's had some ups and downs as far as production, but I don't believe his his floor has gotten as low as it has been in the past. I don't think he's even come close to approaching the floor that is in the past, meaning in the past, his first couple of years, when he stopped producing, boom, that was it. It was nothing. He, he just couldn't find a way out of the fog. This year, there's been some times where his production has been down, but he's still been out there. He's still been getting ice time. He's still been effective. He's still been reliable. And I think that's the biggest stride he's made. So nice to see. Leading goal scorer as we talk right now. Uh, Kempe's gaining on him, but it's nice to see if he can get around 25-30. That would be perfect. One of the great things about sports is that you think you know how things are going to go, but there's always the unexpected. And no one could have possibly predicted that Phoenix Copley would be doing what he's doing with the LA Kings. I mean, when he was signed in the offseason, it was almost an afterthought, just a veteran guy in case, you know, to be in the AHL. But he's 9-1 and one as a King. He's riding a seven-game winning streak. Um, I, I don't know that he's been playing out of this world necessarily, but what has he done that has really helped the Kings to kind of get on track and, and be a great story for the Kings so far? Well, I think when you, when you just break down the numbers, and I mentioned earlier as we talked that there were some wide-open games, and there were, and the Kings were trying to find a balance between the risk and you know, who has possession. Do we have it 100%? Is it 50%? Can I be risky? Can I go? Is it 75%? All those things. And the Kings were just, they were going and attacking every single time, regardless of who had possession. And that really caught him into a situation where they allowed a lot of outnumbered attacks, a lot of clear-cut attacks back at them. To have the double whammy, the Kings didn't defend those attacks well either. The Royal Road pass, meaning the cross pass on a two-on-one, going from the passer to the receiver for a backdoor play. That happened just numerous times. We can, we can break down the defending, and it was not that good early. It has improved dramatically since then, but it was not that good early. Having said that, I still think the onus is on Jonathan Quick, and I think the onus is on Cal Peterson. The numbers, as far as save percentage, just were not there. They were not getting the job done, and that's the bottom line. Again, I, you hear the phrase, we all hear a phrase, well, they were not playing well in front of them. That may have been the case at times, but for instance, if you get 10 breakaways, you're still expected to stop two. 
I mean, you're at 20%, 21%, I think is the high danger save percentage you're looking for. So, uh, you know, penalty kill situations, the Kings, that save percentage there was not good. What Phoenix has done, he's come in. He has a style that is calmer. So I think that's that in itself has settled things down. Uh, he has made every save that he's expected to make. I think there's been only one goal that was in Colorado that I would call, you know, one of those must-stop situations. Um, and to be honest, I just think his presence has had a lot to do with settling things down and stabilizing. There was a goal he allowed in the Kings' last game against the Dallas Stars. Haskinen takes a shot, big screen in front. Phoenix is standing there, goes over his shoulder into the net. To me, I look at that as almost a positive because he wasn't bouncing around. He wasn't jumping around. He said his style all year has been, you beat me with a perfect shot, you have the goal. I'm going to take care of everything else, but I'm going to shut you down that way. To the point where, especially when he started, I saw the opposition team shooting high and wide a lot of times because they didn't see anything in behind Phoenix. He was just playing you know, the prototypical butterfly takeaway space blocker of the puck. Don't go to you. And I think that has really settled things down. So you're right. I don't think anyone expected because we hope that was not necessary. It became necessary. And he is more than held up his end of the bargain. We've got more with Jim Fox in just a moment. But first, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and college league out there, from football to basketball, even esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. So more with TV analyst Jim Fox for the Los Angeles Kings. And Jim, uh, you've got the Bruins in town tonight, the top team in the NHL. And the Kings met them back in Boston on December the 15th, posted a big 3-2 shutout win. And we were all wondering, could that be something that kind of solidified things, galvanized the team, got them going in the right direction? It seems like that's been the case. They're 7-1-1. Since that win, it, it, could that be a turning point? Was it because they beat the best team in the league? Was it because of the way they played? What do you think about that win and how they played since? I was just prepping, Eddie, for tonight's, uh, excuse me, yes, tonight's um, open for our broadcast. Well, it looks like we have... Lost Jim. Well, that is unfortunate. That has never happened before. Hello, Jim. Are you there? Let's see if we can try this again. Hello, Jim. We're back. Sorry about that. You were prepping for the uh, the game against yeah. the Brewers tonight. Yeah, and I was thinking exactly what you're thinking about. You know, what, if we look back on a successful season for the Kings, will that be the positive turning point? And, and again, maybe even the previous game, the Buffalo game, where six goals in the third period as a turning point where you, you know, draw a line in the sand. Guys, we've got to stop this now. They did so in the next game against Boston. Then I said to myself, well, you know what? The long-term goal for the Kings is not to be using games as a measuring stick. It's to, it's to be consistent within your own game, regardless of who the opponent is. But then it came, so my third jump point was, 
But Boston has been so head and shoulders above everyone else. I'm talking elite halfway through the season that this is a challenge that regardless of win or loss against the Bruins, win or loss, a lot can be learned from that game again. You only face them twice. You learned in the last game that if you don't beat yourself, you have a chance at the end. And I think tonight against the Bruins, I think you can look at it from the standpoint of if the Kings play a solid game, they may not win. They may tie. They may go into shootout, you know, all that. But there's a lot to be learned from the Boston Bruins and the way they've been playing. And hopefully the Kings can implement some of those things into their game so that the other team has to worry about the Kings as opposed to the Kings over worrying about what the other team's going to do. So when you look at the first half of the season, the Boston game certainly is one you focus on. And then there was that crazy game at home against Seattle, the 9-8 loss in overtime. After that, Cal Peterson gets put on waivers. Rob Blake has the, the meeting with the team and, and says specifically to the media, the team's penalty kill has to get better. It does seem like it's slowly getting better. I thought the game against Dallas, that the, the penalty kill was really good. Anything specifically you can tell us about why the penalty kill has been getting better, of late, if you agree with that? Yes, it has. Uh, I think they went 10 or 11 games still allowing at least one goal against on the PK. And then the Dallas game, none. But it started, Eddie, it did start in Boston. The practice on the day off before the Boston game, the Kings really, they spent basically the whole practice on the penalty kill. And I don't want to get too specific, but it, it had to deal mostly with the forwards up top with the Kings. If the other team was able to set up in the offensive zone with the man advantage, the Kings forwards had to sort some things out. And they sorted some things out. Uh, I think they certainly got on the same page. Uh, they didn't change anything during that practice, I don't think. I think they were just working on and trying to make sure the execution was a little bit better. I think up ice and in neutral zone, I think the Kings are doing a much, much better job with back pressure or angling of a forward, angling the puck carry of the opposition into an area where the Kings can have numbers. Even though you are outnumbered, the more aggressive you can be on the penalty kill, the better. And I think the Kings are forcing opposition teams right now into a two-on-two or even to a two-on-one in favor of the Kings, again, even though the Kings are down a man. Now that can come back, that can bite you at times because if you're too aggressive, all of a sudden there's a tic-tac-toe and there's a wide open. But I think long-term, the adjustment they made in Boston up top with the forwards, plus an increased side pressure, angle pressure, back pressure by forwards in the neutral zone, preventing solid entry. I think the Kings have taken some big strides on the penalty kill. If that improves like the power play has improved this year, then you're talking about a solid playoff team. Offensively, the Kings have been pretty balanced. They have six players currently with 10 or more goals. We talked about Gabe Velarde. You mentioned Adrian Kempe. Um, Andre Kopitar is always a consistent. Uh, guys like Philip Deneau, obviously a really consistent player. Uh, mix in Trevor Moore, Alex Iafalo. Are you? Do you like the way the Kings are balanced at this point, I guess? I, I think it's going to be a big reason if the Kings are successful this year. And the numbers and the top, those things, Eddie, I think you're spot on. It's, and I think we can talk about, let's talk about Fiala again, because again, ice time wise, or at least, you know, the rotation wise, he seems to be down on what you call the third line. 
And I know Tom McCullough mentioned while well, he's playing with a guy who drags everyone into the fight in Lozada. He's playing with your top goal scorer in Velarde, so that's not a demotion. It might even be a promotion. But having said that, I think that spreads things out even more. I wonder at times with Kempe, Kopitar, and Fiala on the same line, there's only one puck out there. And can those three guys figure out a way to, ha- to find a shooter on that line? And they, they didn't early. They had some, a little bit of, and then it went away and Todd took Fiala off the line. I think that creates balance. I really do. Uh, I, I, you know, the Moore has been out with injury of late, but Deneau and Arvidsson seem to do it. Again, the power play is getting enough. And I, that's, that's the big difference. I mean, the power play just getting enough, but, but you're right. And you know, Six players with double digits right now. Kaliev, who's been hurt at nine, so he would be at double digits. So that would be seven. You got Moore and Lazat at seven. Uh, you got guys creeping up. Ayafalo's been hurt most, you know, at six. So you're, you're gonna you're gonna end up with eight, nine, ten guys with double digit goals, and get into a playoff situation. And you have to get matchups. It's nice to have that balance. More with Jim Fox in a moment, but I also want to let you know that today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, you got to check out Built Bar. Uh, now through the holidays, you're probably looking to eat a little bit better maybe in the new year. Built Bar is the perfect combination of tasty and healthy. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. Built Bar has only 130 calories, 4 grams of fat, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. You can order them at Built.com, or you can now get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club in the pharmacy section. Built Bars, protein bars that taste like candy bars. We're wrapping it up with TV analyst Jim Fox of the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, Jim, I think most people have enjoyed the Phoenix Copley story uh, so far, but then there's the other side of it, and that's Jonathan Quick, who obviously is going to have his number in the Raptors at some point, one of the greatest American goalies of all time um, and a great LA King, greatest Kings goalie in, in history. But the season has not gone obviously the way he would like final year of the contract. Um, is it going to be, if, if things continue the way they've gone, as far as Copley getting the starts, how hard would it be for quick to kind of find his game when he's not getting time in games? He has done it a limited amount of time in the past where he's taken two to three weeks off basically during a season, worked with Bill Ranford and got his game. Now, I think the NHL has progressed since then. I'm talking, you know, 13, 14, around there, 2013, 2014. I think it's progressed where everyone feels now you truly need to. And you've got to keep, as Todd McClellan says, keep a guy alive, meaning, you know, make sure he's getting enough rest, but making sure he's not rusty. And now Jonathan is in that situation. The schedule for the Kings really lessens here the next little while as far as, you know, every other day. And you get a couple days off every once in a while. You get into early February. You have the nine-day break. Um, Then you play a couple games. Then you have four more days off. So that rest rust issue is going to be very interesting. I do believe that will give Jonathan enough time to really – not have to worry about fatigue factor from practice and really get with Bill Ranford and work on some of the technical aspects of his game because right now it's not happening, right? He's not, it's, it's going in. It's going in too much. I've mentioned it many times before. This is the most difficult thing I do as a Kings broadcaster because 
you have to, yeah, once the game starts, you have to, it's right there. It's on the video. It's on, it's on your TV screen. You can see what's happening, but it's still, it's very difficult for me to, to be overly critical of a Jonathan Quick. It really is. And you may say that's not objective, but you know what? He won two cups for us and he was spectacular. And so that makes it difficult. Having said that, he's not got the job done. And I think your point is well taken. They're going to have to find a way to balance that work and rust and still being able to work on some technical areas that he has to improve. Um, If it keeps going the same way, we're all going to be kind of like, well, who cares? Phoenix is winning enough games. If he can win, have 10 loss, one loss every nine games, I think we're all going to be happy with that. Um, We talked about Quentin Byfield back in October, a lot of high expectations. He's still very young. I'm currently playing on the Kopitar line, uh, playing wing. Uh, what do you think about that experiment, if you want to call it that? Yeah, I think it was forced uh, by when he was sent down and then who's playing well when he's called up. Looks like Blake Ozad is going to be a fixture now. So it used to be Deneau and Kopitar. And then Byfield, he went up. Well, now, you know, Lazat's not giving up that spot. Um, it's It's really interesting. I, I think that the long-term plans would be have Byfield back at center again. That's long-term. Right now, I think on, I think on the wing, it puts him in a position to work on what I think is one of the weaknesses of his game, the thing he has to, which is battles. I think at other levels, he was just so big and strong compared to the competition that he was able to get by with skill. Right now, you know, he... He is working on it. Todd McClellan said the last game against the Dallas Stars, it was the best he's seen Byfield in those situations where you come into a battle, instead of reaching as a long, tall guy, you get down, you lower your center of gravity, and you get ready for some contact. You, you support, you get a base, and, and then you still use your quick hands to try to get the puck. And I think he's learning that. And I think along the wall, I think as a winger, he – he will get a chance to work on one of his weaknesses because it's a different position and puts him into that situation more, but still long-term because he skates so well, I think you would never take out of the equation that he would be back at center. Might not be this year, but you know, long-term, that's his position. And one final question for you, Jim. Um, the Kings have certainly been playing some of their best hockey of late. We've talked about it all year long. Consistency is the key. Uh, maybe some keys from, from you for the Kings in the second half of the season as they look to maintain a playoff position. That's a great question. Penalty kill, we touched on. If that can even out, I don't think the ranking is going to get above 20. But it's 28 now as we speak, I believe. And if they can get it up a couple percentage points, what they have been doing of late, Eddie, it's, it's right there in front of us. The timing of those penalty kills, late game penalty kills, they've been really good. The Kings have been since that Boston game. I mean, they've been giving up a goal, but as the game goes along and it gets to crunch time, they've been getting big kills. That's something that has to continue. They took the steps during the offseason and the start of the season to get it working and make it happen on the power play, much more consistent. If that can happen on the penalty kill, then again, I think you have a, a playoff team that becomes a solid playoff team uh, the other thing that needs to happen and it's it's been a struggle at times is just that 
that game management, which I think the last two to three weeks has been there, but recognizing moments of games. For instance, again, may seem like I'm picking on him, but a, a Kevin Fiala, the penalties, you know, at the wrong time, don't, the, the team's doing well, boom, you take a penalty. You can argue it, you can do all, but no, you're in the box. Those little things like that. Can they, you know, looks like they have settled it down, but again, it's still a question mark is that can they find another left-handed defenseman, whether it's in this organization or whether it's outside, uh, just to settle things down. I think that makes you stronger in penalty kill situations. I think it makes you stronger on breakouts because you're already positioned in a forehand position to make a play. Um, and then, you know, the influx third line, I think is the biggest key. I would expect consistent production from Kopitar Kempe. It's dipped. It's been up and down. I don't expect Kopitar to lead the team in scoring this year, which we've talked about with Fiala. That would be a positive for the Kings because that means someone else is coming up there and taking it. And it no longer has to be that one guy to do it. But I think that third line, whether Fiala stays there or not, I think if we look back at past you know, Stanley Cup champions, and you, you go to the third line, and can they have enough production? The last little while, it has been very productive. And to me, that's the biggest key for the second half of the season, maintaining that consistent production. Again, that third line is not going to score as much as the top two, but if they can even be, just be right there, just right there, riding on the coattails, Long way for the Kings. That is Jim Fox. You can see him on the call tonight as the LA Kings take on the Boston Bruins. And, of course, you can follow the Kings all season long with Jim Fox and Alex Faust on Valley Sports West. Jim, it's always a pleasure. Thank you again for your time. And hopefully we can check in again right before the Kings start a, uh, a playoff appearance. Eddie, that sounds good. That sounds like, like music to my ears. That would be great. Thank you very much for having me again, and Happy New Year. And same to you, Jim. Thank you very much. Always appreciate it. All right, that was Jim Fox. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know the last time we had him on, you guys uh, really enjoyed that episode as well. So uh, looking forward to your feedback on that. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're obviously going to have a full recap of the big game against the Boston Bruins. Uh, as always, we encourage your interaction with the show. If you'd like to send me an email, it is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at LockedOnLAKings, on Instagram at LockedOnLAKings. Hey, thanks for making LockedOnLAKings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NFL, uh, NHL draft, plus NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team that is Locked On NHL Prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for listening and watching Locked on LA Kings. And as always, go Kings go.